Right, welcome everyone. This is the Love Island cast. We are back again. I am Chris Phelps, the Love Island super fan, some would say. And the not-so-cynical and rather enjoying Love Island, I can't call him a fan yet, is my co-host and good friend, Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hey, Chris, you can possibly call I'm possibly that born-again type uh, fan, aren't I? I, I? I was listening back to the podcast and... and recognised that I wasn't actually being cynical anymore. I was quite enjoying it, and it was like, uh, I didn't expect that to happen in week one, but but no. there you go. No, Good I speak didn't. To you again. And also, another fan of Love Island who's been dragged in, and he's a very good friend of mine in days, is Mr. Asa Caton. Welcome to the show, Mr. Caton. Good evening, guys, and thank you for having me. Well, Asa is a good friend of mine in days because we were all in a band together, and Ace was known as the human metronome. Dave was the tremendous bass player, and I was the outer key singer. So that's <laughs> where we all know each other. And Ace is chomping at the bit to come on and talk about Love Island. So, Ace, the floor is yours. Where do you want to start? Because obviously we've we've had four episodes now. We've talked about various people. We've had a a little blip about Anton. We've had Tommy. We've had this little thing with Molly May that's going on. So. You can start us off tonight, mate. <laughs> um, so, you know, guys, I'm, I'm, I think I'm coming from the show probably somewhere in between the two of you. I know, Chris, you love the show, and, and Dave, you pretend to be a cynic, or you, you, I think you, you, you've, been, um, you've been slightly converted, I think. From, yeah. and, I, and I have to say, it's absolutely hilarious for me to listen to you psych, psychoanalyzing these guys, because it's just, I mean, I, I expect it from Chris. <laughs> anybody who knows Chris, they expect it. But anybody who knows you, I, I, and to a, cer- to a certain degree, anybody who listens to this podcast and and hears me on here is going to say, "Hang on a minute, you walk around saying you hate the show." I mean, I, <laughs> I, I I I walk around the house saying I hate the show, and Emma, my fiance, who's currently tucked away in the kitchen behind me, will say, "Don't you be telling everyone I force you to watch it. You you watch it because you enjoy it." And I've got to be honest, I kind of have that love-hate relationship with it. I hate the show, and I can't think of anything worse than, like Dave said, these narcissistic arseholes just sat (laughs) in this, you know, idyllic villa on an island somewhere, topping the tans up, and just, just tearing each other to shreds and pretending to be something they're not. And, oh, yeah, that, that element of it boils my blood. But... If there's one thing I love, it's psychoanalyzing these people because the the psychology behind it and just trying to second guess what they're going to do next and just how low these people can stoop. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it, it's gripping, isn't it? Yeah, it, it shouldn't be, but it is. And Mr. Horrocks, I think you need to take this one up because I told you I would get you sucked in. And it's not very often that any of my plans come to fruition. You both know me too well that if there's a harebrained scheme, I'm involved. But this one is even you, Ace, of all people. I cannot believe it. So, Dave, what have you got to say? About well, that? to be to be fair, I mean, I, I did say that, you know, back in the early Big Brother days, I was absolutely engrossed. And, you know, as well as watching the edited shows, you could watch it online, you know, 
24-7, couldn't you? And yeah. I was well into it. And then it started to lose me, sort of series two onwards. You know, I mentioned like when Bubble was in there, remember that one, but they just seemed to get more and more extreme characters in. And so it seemed to be less about this social experiment yeah. and more just about, you know, shock TV kind of thing. And it got to, a, I think, a... a, a not a crescendo, that's probably not the right word, but I have to say one of my favorite reality shows, but then pretty much turned me away from the whole genre was There's Something About Miriam. I don't know if you guys remember that one. No. no. It's so, so, so basically, there was uh, a bit like The Bachelorette kind of thing, only this absolutely stunning woman is actually a dude. So you've wow. got these, all oh, these I've seen guys. It. I have seen it. You have yes. seen that one. Yes, I've seen uh, it. You've got these guys all fighting for her affections, and then you know the guy wins it at the end. And and over this series of weeks, you've basically got them uh, falling in love pretty much with this with this Miriam. And then it was just the cruelest thing I've ever seen because you know this guy won. He was on cloud nine. He's just the best thing ever they're going to get sent away on this holiday you know this dream holiday and then <laughs> just before <laughs> she says you know just before we we go off i've got something to tell you and uh you know says i was actually a man <laughs> and unlike when they they made the joke in the uh the it crowd if you remember that where he yeah. said oh just to think you thought i'd be bothered that you were from iran um <laughs> you know this one he heard it properly this time yeah. and uh i was just i just thought it was the cruelest thing ever and, and that was that one sticks out in my mind and so i turned away from the whole genre and so when i saw it coming up again it, it just it just didn't interest me at all but through the podcast and actually sitting down and, you know, not playing about with my phone, actually watching it, you just can't help but get sucked into it. And these are all unlikable people, for me at least, but you're just interested in it. It's like, it's like um, you know, to, to obviously a lesser standard, it's like watching a real Game of Thrones, isn't it? You know, you've got all these interactions, these alliances, these relationships, these tactical couplings and whatever. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, I hold my hands up. I, I thought it might happen because I've got a history of, of getting sucked into these things, but I didn't think it would be in week one. No, no, and I think as well, let's hope it's got a better ending than that fucking Game of Thrones. But anyway, there you go. He's the character-wise, because obviously me and David have done analysis of some of the people and talked about And then you can probably hear with me, I love this sort of nonsense, but I'm not, I'm not like blinded by the fact that they're all absolute wankers. But yeah. who do you like and who do you dislike out of everyone? Oh, you know, I'm just wondering whether to go through this in alphabetical order or in order of people I, I hate and like, or I really don't know. But I think the the one that probably stirs my emotions more than any other is Tommy. Because Tommy, just for me, have you seen, um, have you, you must have seen the Mr. Men. He, he just remi- he reminds me of Mr. Rush. He's just, he's like a kite with legs. He's that, oh, right. He's that triangle, isn't he? That's that skip leg day. <laughs> you know, I think he's me. more like Mister Tickle with those arms. <laughs> but, you know, Johnny Bravo, where he's all um, yeah, 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 and knee yeah. legs. Well, I mean, but the guy, he's like um, he's like a ten-year-old with a thesaurus. He's like he's like <laughs> Russell Brand. 
<laughs> what was it you were saying last night yeah. about um, the the hypothesis or yeah. the diagnosis? Oh, <laughs> he's, he, he opens his mouth and all these words come out and he hasn't got a fucking clue what any of them mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Some people say that about us. But, um, <laughs> I mean, uh, he's a, for me, he's a one-trick pony, Tommy, isn't he? Because he, he he's a gorgeous-looking bloke. Yeah. Got the body for it and everything. He's got the fame. But all he can do is he, he goes in there and says, right, I, you know, I don't want to be messing about. I'm not just looking for a quick thing. You know, I'm, I'm you know, in, in it for a real connection. But that's all he's got to his game, it seems. But at the moment, the, the ladies are lapping it up, aren't they? But yeah. I don't think it's going to take long for that, you know, stick to unravel. Because if you noticed, uh, was it Curtis that was talking about him last night when there was the the peppermint tea and the omelette fest going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Curtis just kind of turned, and Curtis is supposed to be his best mate in, best mate in there. And he just kind of turned around and said, well, you know, at least Tommy's got one thing going for him. He's a good boxer. Curtis is backing off him a little bit, isn't he? Because I think he's he's realised that that whole Tommy stick is unravelling a little bit. But, um, yeah, talking about Curtis, I, I don't think I could dislike anybody any more than Curtis. He is an utter, utter snake. Yep. Do not trust him. I do not trust him one little bit. And the, the what, what turned it for me was the whole love triangle between Tommy, Lucy, and Joe. Mm-hmm. Because he's just one of those guys that gets involved in everybody else's business. And I can understand he's come in with Tommy, so he's you know he's he's Tommy's mate. But you know he went off to Tommy and said, "Oh, you know you've got to stay true to your feelings and you've got to fight for Lucy, even though she's told you she's not interested. She's going to go with Joe." And then he went off to Lucy and said, oh, you know, I know you've said you prefer Joe, but you've got to keep your options open. And then, to top it all off, he went off to Joe and said, <laughs> hey, mate, yeah, you, what you need to do is you need to play it cool and back off a little bit. <laughs> and I, yeah. I watched him do, you do think, that. And do I you think he's it. like Littlefinger? Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a great comparison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Just, yeah. He's an absolute snake. He's a shit star. I, he said, I've said it, Anna Dave, I've said it, I know we've heard it on the podcast, but I said the same. I'm not completely buying this good guy act with him. I'm mm-hmm. totally in agreement with you. I think he's seen the programme, he's played the game. Look, nobody's that nice. I don't care how much. And, and eventually, on something like this, the mask will slip. He'll drop a bollock somewhere on that. I know that. If he is genuine, then I'll hold my hands up. I know you've, you've quite like him, Dave, don't you? But I genuinely have said from the start, I think there's just something not completely kosher about him. Well, I think the best thing that could happen to him now is for somebody to come in and start taking interest in Amy and just unsettling him a little bit and actually get, actually get him thinking about his own game and not everybody else's. That's true. Go on, Dave. <laughs> I can see you looking at... <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. I, I just... It's like you say, when you put it like that, Asa, because he comes across to me as he probably just is genuine. But you might be right, you know, when you put it like that, he's orchestrated what happened. And and then Lucy's head absolutely was turned. You know, she was really torn up by it. And she took on board uh, uh, Curtis's advice and, um, you know, nearly split up. What, you know, from day one, it it looked like Joe and Lucy were a pretty good couple. but then, you know, he's obviously screwed that up a bit. So, we'll, we'll, we'll see. 
Can I just say, what the fuck are we doing talking about Love Island? You know what? I was just, I, I was just thinking. <laughs> can you imagine in some of our like epic gigs that we used to have, if if our future selves came back, back to the future style, and just said, you know what, guys, <laughs> in, in about ten, twelve years' time. You're going to be sat doing a podcast. Well, first of all, we'd want to know what the hell a podcast was, but you'd be doing like a radio show on a uh, Love Island type uh, <laughs> show. You'd just but, say, "Kill me now." But not only that. I mean, <laughs> this is this is probably the first conversation that we've had in ten ten years. Three yeah. years. Yeah, we're, we're talking about Love Island. <laughs> I, think, I think I just we, we, we're actually doing another show soon. Actually reviewing and we review Back to the Future. And I'm on Back to the Future three. I've gone through all three of them today, literally. And I reckon that I would come forward in time and just punch myself straight in the nose if it did you as in the nineteen. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 sorry, I agree that you two are regarded as one of the most intelligent people I know. And you're so passionate. What do you talk about? Oh. Fucking Love Island. You need to get out more. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> uh, but just just going back to punching yourself on the nose, you do realise I'm contractually obliged to say that's a bit of a soft target. <laughs> <laughs> We've been there, Asa, now. Come on now. <laughs> leave, leave the moneymaker out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, what about the, um, what have you, Asa, I want to know your opinion on Joe, because me and Dave think he's an absolute fucking fruit loop. <sighs> right, so, uh, this is probably going to be unpopular opinion. I think he's been a bit hard done to over the whole Lucy-Tommy triangle. He's done some things that are, yeah, that have made him come across a little bit <laughs> unhinged. Like Norman Bates. Yeah, I say unhinged. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, you know, he's act, he's acted in that in that jealous way, but he, he did go in both feet with Lucy, and he, he's kind of he's coupled up with probably one of the one of the better girls in there. Got his feet under the table, reckons he's safe, and within twenty four hours, Tommy's come in and he's just gone, ah shit, yeah. I, I'm and not, he's editing as well. I, I know what you mean. It, yeah, I can't condone what he, what how he's acted or what he's done. Not that he needs me to condone it. He's his own person. <laughs> but uh, yes, it's come across. I think it's the editing that's making him come across more unhinged than he actually is, and that's probably the most polite thing I can say about him. <laughs> that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I think me and Dave. I, I still think he's he's sort not right with him. I, I genuinely do. I think it, there's just something that look he gave the other day, and I know it could just be a quick picture. Anybody can look, um, you know, suspicious or mad or angry, but the, the stuff he's done is very bizarre. And but I don't, I don't think she's all that innocent either. No, no, I don't. <clears throat> she kind of came in as this girl next door kind of type girl, and uh, I don't know. I think she's she's probably just as much to blame for. For the triangle as as, as Tommy, but yeah. yeah, she she got up super fast, didn't she? So when Tommy said, because she yeah. had no choice about it really, but she just seemed to get up really really quick and go off for that date, and then you know she wasn't it didn't take her that long 
to be like all laughy and jokey and stuff. So yeah, and yeah she I did, agree. She didn't like it when Joe did the same thing. Then, but, like but then he, he went and admitted it to Amber, didn't he? Which I mm. thought was a bit weird. Yeah. It's just, but don't I, you just have a chat without being yeah. flirty? I said this on Twitter the other day and Chris picked up on it on the, um, on the Love Island cast Twitter. Um, that actually, I think she's playing a very clever game because when the coupling happened on Friday night and we were left with Lucy and Molly May, and we were left with Callum, Joe, and Tommy. How do I remember all this? This is crazy. <laughs> I asked myself the same thing, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. And I, I, I think in the back of her head, she's thought, right, she's got a game to play here because if she picks Tommy, she doesn't know if Molly May is going to pick Callum or Joe because she'd actually spent Molly May when she went in, actually spent a bit of time with Callum talking. And they were cleverly edited that into the program. Tick, tick, tick. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think she's just said, right, she said to herself, right, okay, if I don't keep Joe in, there's a chance that he's going to go. So I'll keep Joe in. Molly May will pick Tommy. And then, well, you know, we're good to go. We can carry on with um, with, that, with our, our going. So if things don't work out with Joe, I reckon she'll be back onto Tommy in a flash. And especially now, as we realise that, you know, Molly May's not exactly um, head over heels in love with Tommy, is she? No. No, not at all. No, she's she, she soon to, got bored. She has was shown tonight that she said, I like Tommy Land, but I don't understand it. And it's just about sort of him and boxing. And I you know every member of his family, but he doesn't know me. And then the next minute she, she says tonight, apparently, I want a bit of Danny Land. <laughs> She, she seems to be quite interested in Anton Land as well, though, don't she? <laughs> yeah, Anton's into everyone's land. <laughs> yeah, but he's just—he's just a nutter, though, isn't he? He's—he's he's got an unlimited pass, hasn't he? He's yeah. just. <laughs> I burn his line every time. I've been, I've been into you since that, you know, and all this. Like, come what on. He, he just doesn't stop speaking, does he? Like he just he just goes a hundred miles an hour and and he always tells the blokes before he's gonna steam in there and try and steal their bird like you know when he was saying to um Tommy he's like I've got, I've got too much respect for you and that you know he just just doesn't stop for like you know ten minutes and Tommy can't say anything so no I th- I think Anton's growing on me in that David Brent kind of way and he's just trying to get into anyone's bed basically well yeah i think i think if you if you wanted to pick the ideal candidate for love island he he would tick most of the boxes wouldn't he yeah 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 without a doubt without a doubt i think <clears throat> i think for me it unravels tonight because the two girls i think it's uh what's it called uh i can't pronounce the name you want to whatever she's called. She, she and Amber, they go on a date with this Danny, and then she gets in there and says she's a bit jealous. We've seen the little clip before, and I think the girls are starting to turn on her now. So they, this is where I said to you, I'd messaged Dave before, I used to say, this is where it all starts. This is where <laughs> I mean, I mean, little cauldron there, stirring it. I love, it. I love all this nonsense. Because you're right, this is why none of them survive when they get out, because they're arguing over, like, drinks and food and nonsense. But today... Actually, just a quick one. There's a guy called Ken who is in it. Ken and, Ken and Amber from, I know it was last year, the year before. And he's on this morning. He's like their Love Island specialist and stuff, you know, like uh, talking about the show. And everyone always asks why it's not on on a Saturday. 
and Dave, you said the same, didn't you? I didn't do Saturday to me. Yeah. And he's just he's just revealed. I don't think he should have done, but he turned around and said they actually get the day off on a Saturday. So they get to go to the beach and just away from it all. They don't have a microphone on. They, they said the cast and crew watch him. So there's no game playing and all this, and like chaperone and make sure that he's just, just having a normal day. But yeah, they just got like a day off. So that's I, a, I don't like that. No, that just makes no sense from what you're watching, really. Yeah, you, you kind of want it to be a pressure cooker, don't you? So that, you know, that people start to behave in pressure cooker type environments. So the fact that they can just get a day off and chill out, I, I don't like that. <laughs> even even if they don't show it, they should film most of it. And there might just be the occasional gem in there. They can go out, clean the villa. They can go on a day excursion or something, but still film it. Yeah, that's what they said. <laughs> they, they said the cast and uh, the, the crew get to clean all the villa up and that. That's what they do for the day. So they take uh, them out somewhere for the day. So I, I'd seen it with Big Brother where they did one where they told them all to say goodnight and then, and then it got released, the video by mistake. And then they said, right, cut. And then they all went to bed. And this was a couple of series ago. But so I'm not completely convinced it's 100% kosher because obviously if you watch daft things like Towie and that and they reenact these scenes, you just sort of like, yeah, that is, that's never happened. Like, you wouldn't just stand there while some blokes cheated on his girlfriend and her boyfriend's there. They'd be fighting, wouldn't they, in the street and stuff. Mm. So it's, uh, it's all, which is what we want, really, gentlemen, don't we? We want yeah. a bit of uh, wanting violence. <laughs> I must admit, there's been a few times when I've thought, you know, <laughs> maybe Tommy's just going to smack Anton. <laughs> I, I, I'd watch that. <laughs> I think that's what everybody wants. Yeah. Because yeah. yesterday when he said about when he made that, uh, omelette and then, and then he was saying about the brew and he was just proper slating him answer and I thought he's that lad in the corner where eventually someone's just going to backhand him if he carries on because I genuinely thought see, Tommy was like bubbling up he was dead pleased with his cheese omelette wasn't he uh, don't, forget salt, the, and don't forget the salt and pepper yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was well pleased with himself wasn't he he was he was so Asa Thank you for coming on today. Give you predictions who you think at this point in time is going to win Love Island. And also, where can everyone get you? Because you are also in a very successful covers band as well. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much. So right now, I think, well, my favourite, I think, has got to be Amber. Um, I know she came in and sort of everyone took that initial view that she was perhaps a, a, a bit of a bitch, but... I think she's just living up to what she's been true to what she said from the start. She's just brutally honest with people. And I think as, as people realize that that's what she's about, I think if she finds a good match in there, I think she's got a good chance of staying to the end. Good call. Good call. Uh, what do you reckon to her and Michael? I'm not a big fan of Michael, if I'm honest. I, th I think he, he's been underestimated by um, you, Andy. Um, I thought that was a bit brutal when she kind of only really paid a bit of interest to him when she realised he had a, a science degree and he was a firefighter. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, at the end of the day, he is a scouser, so <laughs> that's, that's, that's got to count against him, surely. Um, but, I, do you know, I don't think there's any other guys in there that I'm really rooting for. Yeah. I think there's a few, there's, there's a lot of damp squibs in there. Um, you, I think... I think if I was going to root for any of them right now, I think it would probably be Anton, just for the fact that you know what he's about. He is. This series is literally going to be about him 
shagging his way through the villa. <laughs> or trying at least. <laughs> or trying at least. Yeah. No, the, the reason I mentioned Michael, there was, there was a little moment last night where they seemed to hit it off. And, and Amber, I, I mean, I don't warm to her quite honestly as much as you do. But she was saying to Michael, no one gets my banter. And I, I haven't seen any banter whatsoever <laughs> from her. She just like <laughs> puts people down. She's like, oh, I see you're 28 then, so you're old. She just... I've not seen any banter, but like her and Michael did seem to hit it off on the sofa. So I just wondered whether that would be maybe a bit of a slow burner there. Yeah, it could be. Possibly. Asa, where can everyone get you? So, yeah, you mentioned a successful covers band, tribute band. Um, You can find me on Twitter, obviously, at Social Tornado, which is my own account. Or you can find me at uh, aka Noel Gallagher or on Instagram, which is um, a.k.a. Noel Gallagher, and on Facebook, which is a.k.a. Noel Gallagher Tribute. Um, So what what do you tribute? um, We're a tribute (laughs) to uh, the Libertines. Um, No, um, we are the only Noel Gallagher Tribute band name-checked by the the chief himself, Um, and we go uh, go all around the UK playing Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds and Oasis tunes. Um, so yeah, get on the website and uh, sorry onto the Facebook page, and you can see where we're we're playing over the next few months. Come and see us; that'd be good. Good stuff, good stuff. Now, Dave, where can everyone get us? The Love Island Cast at gmail dot com, and they can get us on Instagram and Twitter at Love Island Cast. Now, Chris, how do you want to see us out? Well, a big thank you to Asa, big thank you to yourself, Dave, and all I've got to say is, if I've learned anything over this week. It's always put salt and pepper with your omelette. We'll see you next time, and Ace will definitely be back on to talk more Love Island. See you guys.